You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Thank you, incredible worship team. Great job this morning. Give it up for them. They'll be back in no time. Um, it's such an honor to be with you guys here today. I'm your brother from another um, uh, city, San Diego. Um, and I love being out here in Salt Lake. Every time I come, it just it's amazing to see the growth, not just in the church, but each story that's building into this. So it's such an honor to get to pour into that today. Um, my wife, Issa, was not able to join us today. Um, I, I forgot to send a picture. I'm so sorry. Could you guys forgive me? Um, but just picture like, like an Amazon warrior, like had a baby with an angel, and then that's her. That's her. And then I have, <laughs> I have two teenage daughters. It, like I'll describe, they're, they're absolutely stunning and beautiful. If you're a man under 20, don't picture them. And then, um, <laughs> and then the last time I was here, I tell, every, every, I tell my girls that every man that comes to date them is going to have to answer two questions. How do you think I feel about going back to prison? And what do you want to be if you grow up? <laughs> so last time I was out here, uh, I, I told the story of our son, Callan, and how he was a really brave fighter. But um, just after you know, 22 weeks of gestation, he passed away. Um, so he's partying with Jesus right now. Um, we love him. No big deal. Whatever. Small, life-changing event. It's OK. Um, but I have some good news to share, too. Is that cool? Can we throw that picture up? <laughs> So this is my son, Keegan, who just welcomed us on June the 9th. And it was really cool. We actually got to take him home from the hospital a year to the day of his brother's due date. So you talk about a rainbow baby. And I just want to encourage you, too. Some of you guys might be going through a really hard time. Don't forget how faithful our God is. Um, and we're going to preach a little bit about that today. But that... That's kind of it. I get the honor of kicking off a new series today. The new series that we're kicking off is called God in Hollywood. And there's no, there's no more appropriate place to kick it off than here. So everybody just do this really quick. Just look around to your left and then kind of look up and to your right. Guys, we're in a movie theater right now. I know. I know, it's actually a movie theater, so this is totally appropriate <laughs> to preach this message. Um, but the series was really designed, our, our pastors are so brilliant, but we, we want to, we never want to leave an area of culture unexplored in God. That, that movies themselves actually preach the gospel, whether they intend to or not. And we're going to dive into that today. Don't, you know, there can be this real temptation, it, it seems to me, to, to be a mistake, to think that God leaves any area in life. See, the fullness of the earth is God's, and, and that means that he is always everywhere. I can be deep, so. He's always everywhere, but there's certain things that he's drawn to more than others but it doesn't mean he's left. If you're here for the first time and you're exploring this God thing, don't think for a second that God has left your life. He can't. He created it. 
but, but he can engage with it. There are certain patterns that he can engage with, and that's what we're going to unpack today. So there can be this temptation in Christian circles to go, well, oh, Hollywood's debased, Hollywood's off kilter, we, we can't participate with it any longer. Total mistake. Total mistake. Here's why. The title of my message today is The Storymaker. Is Storymaker. See, God, God himself, nice work, is, is the Storymaker. Can we give it up for the production team, by the way? They're incredible. All the teams up here, whole nother level. HNL, whole nother level. Take that one. HNL, going to whole nother level. Um, so God himself is the story maker. Okay, in, in college, um, I was a theater major. Hard to believe, right? But in studying acting and directing, which was absolutely incredible, what you get to do is take ink on paper. It's just all it is. It's a script, right? It's just these are my preaching notes. But you, you get to take ink on paper and make it come alive in story. Why is that important? Because we're, we're naturally designed, just like Ben Thomas said so brilliantly, to connect with story more than anything else. Facts tell, but stories sell. He with the greatest vision always wins. So, so as we develop and become engaged in stories, he who can make the story best creates opportunities for people to change lives, creates opportunities for them to change their own lives. Remember, we're in a movie theater, right? So, so picture that you didn't come today to theater, theater 11, but you, you, you went to watch the matinee a couple of theaters down. What's the difference? Very little. Very little. Those people came down, sat in the seats. Everybody just kind of pushed back into your seat. Remember, feel the cup holder. Just play in the fact that these are really comfy. Do not fall asleep. Do not, I will see, I, do not fall asleep on me. <laughs> but... They are going to sit there and be completely caught up in a story of someone else's making. We have come to Theater 11 today to get completely caught up in a story of someone else's making. And in doing so, when we watch a movie, when we watch a well-crafted story, we begin to orient. I like the me I see in you. I like the me I see in you. I like that I can identify. I like that I can connect with who I am in your story. That's what we're going to unpackage today. We're not going to talk about a movie. We're going to talk about movies as a storytelling device and how there's certain things that God allows for to be elements of a great story. Is there anyone in this room who would love a great story in their life? They would love to live in a great story. See, filmmakers have just learned how to harness this power, but it was God himself who wrote the rules. So let's explore a few of the elements that make up a great story. Does that sound good? Here's the first thing you've got to have. You have to have a great soundtrack. I got a clip that examples it. Let's roll it. <laughs> Not exactly the best soundtrack, is it? Somewhat underwhelming. Do you guys, I don't know. Have you guys noticed that I have a very active imagination? So I'll be, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I'll be like thinking about something, 
you know, and I'll be like thinking through a conversation I'm about to have, and I'll be like, you know, in the men's bathroom, and I'll be like, no, no, we can't do that, and I'll say it out loud, and I'll realize I said it out loud, and guy next to me is like, do what? <laughs> I'll be like walking through the grocery store, and I'll be like having a song in my head, and bop, and I'm like, I won't give up on us, and there's like this lady like, I've been dreaming of someone to say that to me. I'm like, no, no, I'm married. I'm sorry. I, I was just singing the thing that it was in my head. <laughs> Whether we realize it or not, there's always a soundtrack that's going on in our life. God created this place so that there was harmony and melody, that, that certain resonances, that certain vibrations created music that we could understand. It's a mystery. I don't need to fully unpackage it. But do you realize that your life has a soundtrack? And there's something completely unsatisfying to watching a story that you just hear, splash, squeak, kick, go. So can I put that bone back in socket for you guys? Okay, let's play the real clip. Come and get your love, y'all. Come and get your love, come and get your love, come and get your love, y'all. It's so much more fun that way. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. Listen to this psalm. I got to find it now. Sword drill. Psalm 98. If you guys could chuck it up on the screen. If you beat me, you win. Thank you. I meant that to happen. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Skipping down to verse 4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. I have a lyre. With the lyre and the sound of melody. I don't have a lyre. <laughs> Next. <laughs> with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the king, the Lord. So here's what we can do, right? That's the song that we can participate in. But listen to this. This is incredible. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Next. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together. The psalmist is laying out this very powerful principle. Why is it better to watch Star-Lord bopping through when there's actually music? Because that's the truth of this place. The truth is that the music is there whether we recognize it or not. We were not designed simply to do prose all the time. Poetry is our inheritance. We are not simply designed to do the bare minimum of the human experience. We are meant to emote. We are meant to connect. Religion is a poor example of what God designed because it's only about what I can do. It's incredible to think about if your life had a soundtrack, if your story was made to have a soundtrack, what would it be? If you asked your best friend, what song best sums me up, what would they say? Is it the Eeyore soundtrack? <laughs> Think about this. One more thought, right? This is a good thought. Isn't it a good thought? You ever thought, like, what, what music plays in my life? Jesus says, if, if y'all didn't praise me, the stones themselves would cry out. Imagine that, that you're my friend, right? Raise your hand if you think you're my friend. Thank you. I see you who didn't raise your hand. It's okay. I told you I'd be watching you. And I said, hey, come by my house. I got a surprise for you. Just come in the backyard where the pool and the grill are, right? I got a surprise for you. 
and I have speakers in the backyard, and you walk in the backyard, and as you walk in the backyard, I turn on the speakers, and the speakers start going. You're like walking in the yard, like, well, I got a surprise, but... What is going on here? The music that precedes you in a movie scene begins to communicate what it is that you're going to do. Imagine you walk into the same speaker's play. Dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. You're like, yes, what is my surprise? This is awesome. That's the difference in the kingdom. That's the difference we have with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God goes before us. It makes music on our behalf. You don't have to show up. There's a verse in Scripture that says, well, what if I get into a scenario I don't know what to say? It says the Spirit will speak on your behalf. Step in. Remember that God himself fights for us. We were singing about it today. And one of the primary weapons he uses is song. Praise when you don't feel like it. Praise will make a way for you, church, that just thinking about it, talking about it, there's something in song that will create a path for you. Is anyone excited about that? What are the thought tracks in your head? Do they lead you to want to sing out? Do they lead you to want to, as the psalmist talks about, bring praise to your God? My gosh, how thankful I am to be sitting in the greatest country on earth. My gosh, how grateful I am to be sitting here without threat of damage and I can express my faith. My gosh, how thankful. We enter his gates. We're opened by preceding thanksgiving. Then we get into his courts with praise. I praise you for how I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you for how I'm filled with hope. I praise you for the story that you're doing in my life. My gosh, you don't need to preach to people with your, your, your mouth. Preach to them with your song, the song of your life, the soundtrack, the friendships, the let it sing for you. Some of us are just working too dang hard. Come and get your love, people. <laughs> to have a great story, you got to have a great soundtrack. Second thing you got to do to have a great story you got to be able to reframe your failures. Roll the clip. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Where is it? I didn't do this to you. Nope. Go. Where is it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bloopers are the absolute best. I love Thor with the hammer. Can you imagine if you actually did that in the movie? Like, waiting on the touchdown, bro. Just go ahead and catch it so we can score six. <laughs> in the last two, by the way, I'm using all the Marvel movies because one of my daughters and I mission, they brought this to me, by the way. This is the goodness of the Lord. They said, you know what we want to do this, this summer? I said, what? And they said, we want to watch all of the Marvel movies. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I said, yes, when do we start? Right now, let's go. <laughs> when your two teenage daughters ask you to watch through every superhero movie that's been released since 2008, you, don't, you just sit down and watch. Okay, <laughs> that's what you do. So we haven't seen Endgame. We've made it up to everything but Endgame. I know, don't ruin it for me, okay, people? But I did some research, and in Infinity, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, so the Marvel series is the highest grossing series of films of all time, all time. <clears throat> it should be with 22 films, gosh darn it. But the shooting ratio, every movie has a shooting ratio. Is anybody familiar with this? 
it means that the ratio of film actually shot to the actual film that makes it up onto the screen to be a part of the movie. Infinity War and Endgame average out to a shooting ratio of around 300 to 1. That means for every five hours of film shot, one minute made it up onto screen. Okay, we do everything digital now, okay? We do everything digital now, but imagine back in the day, and this has continued to go up, right? Because we have more CGI and we, we need just more, but this is how stories, this is how great stories are made. Remember, that's what we're talking about right now? So imagine physically, if, if then I take all of that three, that five hours just to get the one minute, and it's actually in film, right? There's, there's this thing called the cutting room. Has anybody ever heard that? The cutting room floor. Imagine, what would it be? Four hours and 59 minutes of film piled up on the cutting room floor to get this one minute of usable clip. We didn't even partner the soundtrack with it yet. It's just the usable clip. You know what I find interesting? We feel like every single part of our life has to be that one minute. We, we, we kind of like take a mop really quick, like a brush, and we're like, let me get the rest of this out of here before, let me make sure I put the Instagram filter on the rest of this thing so that I can really make sure that all you see is cling, <laughs> click, selfie. There's been a lot of great moments in my life, but man, there's a cutting room floor. Man, there are mistakes before I became a Christian. Man, there's a lot of things I wish I could have done better since then. Are you judging everything in your life based off one minute? There's somebody in here right now that, that you feel you can't do anything right. The good news is God doesn't require that of you. He bought the whole cutting room. He brought everything. Remember, he's the story maker. He's the one who reframes all of it. I often have this thought. I think when I, when I actually stand face-to-face -face with God, 1 Corinthians says that now we know in part. Then, meaning when we actually meet God, we'll know in full as we are fully known. I, I'm going to ask God, hey, God, could you take me through every day of my life and show me in every day of my life what the most important minute was according to you? Y'all, how much more would we just chill out? We worry about so many things that just don't matter. Well, no, no, hold on. Before I get this right, let me, let me show you this click that was really, really terrible. Let me show you this thing over here that really wasn't good. Let me make sure that you, you, what we'll do as we get presented with a new opportunity is we'll go back to the cutting room floor, we'll grab the worst version of ourselves, and we'll say, no, no I can't do that. I can't do that because this is me. Look, look back there. This is me. Or we'll go back to our greatest success and we'll say, no, no, I can't. I can't do that again because I've already succeeded. The Apostle Paul says one thing. There's one thing I do. I push past all that was behind towards the upward call of Christ in my life. Stop fearing your cutting room floor. It's what made you. If you didn't go through all of those clips not to use, you wouldn't know which clips to use. Don't think that God is making mistakes when he doesn't get it all perfect. He got it all perfect. One guy was perfect. We killed him because we didn't know what to do with it. Stop worrying about being perfect. All the promises are yes and amen in Jesus.
just participate with him. Be in relationship with him. Yeah, it's useful sometimes to walk through and see how we could do things better. But just let the four hours and 59 minutes be. Be the type of person who in this city can celebrate the one. Jesus waited. There was thousands of years of silence from the prophets. Hundreds, I think. Before he turns up on the scene. That's a lot of dead space in the story time, y'all. He was comfortable with it. He was comfortable to leave his Savior off the earth for all of these books of the Old Testament. He was willing to let the script have a lot on the cutting room floor. Abraham wasn't perfect. Check it out. Jacob wasn't perfect. David wasn't perfect. All the disciples? Ooh. My dude who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? Well, he's killing the people that he's then going to go to preach to. What if he let his cutting room floor stop him? Where would we be with the few incredible, crucial minutes that he displays on the screen of our Bible? Stop doing that to yourself. The other thing that we'll misinterpret, anybody get anything from that, by the way? Okay, you're really quiet, so it either means that I'm completely overwhelming you, which is normal, right? <laughs> or, or, it, or it means that you're not getting anything out of it, but I don't think that's the case. I'm insecure, so just shout me down. <clears throat> the other thing with reframing our failures is um, one of the coolest things about stories is that they don't happen without great conflict. You know, my wife and I were coming up on about four years of marriage. I was on, when we got engaged, I was on staff with the youth ministry at C3 Church. It, it's, it's, it pays just under like a, like a Wall Street banking job. <laughs> In San Diego, where cost of living is somewhat high. Um, needless to say, I was wisely encouraged to step down off staff once we got engaged because I was about to learn not just how to be a husband, but also a dad of two daughters. And I had to get my financial life in order. So the wisdom of our pastors was, hey, Jim, figure that out. The wisdom of my wife was, you need to learn to triple your income in a year. Huh? <laughs> then we go through a custody battle where my wife's ex moves up to San Francisco. So now we're a family that lives in two cities. Then we lose a child. Then we have to find a way to integrate a new child. See, see, see y'all, we've been through some conflict. You, here's why I'm so excited, because if God would wedge that much conflict into the story, how heroic must he view us? See, where, where's, where's Samwise? Where's Samwise and Frodo? If Gandalf's like, that ring's dangerous. And Frodo's like, huh, I just so happen to have liquid magma in the backyard. Evil powers go away. We sit and watch nine hours of people having a party. No one turns up. You don't watch it, right? Luke, I am your father. Let's reconcile. <laughs> Peter shows up and protects Jaws. No, no movie. No movie. <laughs> 
We need conflict in our lives. We need it for our stories to be great. Some of you thought my marriage is hard right now. My finances are difficult. My kids are, yes, step up. You're the hero. Go off. Let's fire ourselves up. Let's realize that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. I got this with God. I got this. I'm excited for our future. I'm so excited for our future. Are you excited for your future? Not because, not because you've had conflict, but because you've had conflict. Are you excited for your future? Not because you've had conflict, but because you've had conflict. It's an honor. It's an absolute honor. Jesus is sweating as if drops of blood. He gets to take on the biggest conflict the world has ever known. Why? Because of the joy set before him. I get to see her face and his face and her face and his face. and his. They get to come close to me now. The veil is torn. Oh, I like this conflict. This is my kind of party. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> the phone said welcome back for some reason. I, I didn't realize I had left, but appreciate it. Hi. We're friends now. <laughs> what could you do if you reframed your conflict? What could you do if you realized that it was the making of you, not the unmaking of you? That's what we love on every story up there in screen. We've got to have a great soundtrack, y'all. We got to make sure that we reframe our failures. And the last thing is we have to have a great supporting cast and crew. You guys can roll that clip. You know, beyond the, the 300 to 1 shooting ratio, this is, the, this is the end credits for Infinity War. Remember, I haven't made it to Endgame yet. Shut up, don't tell me. I imagine something good happens, right? But I don't know yet. So I'm, I'm hoping it all pays off. Now, as you look at all these names that are popping up on screen, th this is a small tip of the iceberg of all of the people who came together to make this great story happen. That, that's not even going to list the grip, the best boy, whatever the heck those things are, right? I challenge you, the next movie you watch, watch the credits. Take some time. You, you, you just either paid good money or paid good time to get completely caught up in somebody else's story so that you could see where yours was. Do you realize how many people worked hard to provide you that experience? You know, Hebrews 12.1 says that because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we can throw off every sin that hinders because I'm, I'm not here doing it on my own. And, and what if every once in a while you just started to run the credits in your life? Who got you here? Who worked with you? Who believed in you? Who held your microphone? Who held up your arms? Who helped you to hit the right spot at the right scene at the right time so that your name could be up in lights for a moment? You know something I like to do from time to time? I just stand in front of a mirror and actually close your eyes. Watch this. This is what I do. I do this with my eyes open, but close your eyes. 
picture yourself standing in front of a mirror. Now picture like, like ghosted figures behind you, just like in a movie, because this is your story. Picture the people that have been heroic to you. Picture them starting to come off your right and your left shoulder. Picture who you are because they invested in you. I do that from time to time. You can go ahead and look back up at me. Anybody see somebody in the mirror with them? You know, it was, it was incredible. I had done that a few times, and I, and I had that thought. Whenever you guys are ready with the keys, you're good to go. Thank you. Makes me sound more spiritual and cool. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I realized that somebody might have me standing behind him in a mirror. As a football coach for a long time, I've been a dad for a little bit. You know, there's a real cost. It's a real risk to me not realizing that my life has a soundtrack. There's a real cost. There's a real risk to me not having the ability and musculature to reframe my conflict, my failures, my cutting room floor. It's, you know, Paul, Paul's talking to one of the churches, and he said, look, I've been feeding you on milk, meaning I've, I've been the one who's had to process the food for you. I've been the one who's had to go down to the bottom of the hill, pick up the stupid cow, bring it back up, milk the thing, and then feed you. You ain't getting a mansion. You know, beyond the, the 300 to 1 shooting ratio, this is, the, this is the end credits for Infinity War. Remember, I haven't made it to Endgame yet. Shut up, don't tell me. I imagine something good happens, right? But I don't know yet. So I'm, I'm hoping it all pays off. Now, as you look at all these names that are popping up on screen, th this is a small tip of the iceberg of all of the people who came together to make this great story happen. Th that's not even going to list the grip, the best boy, whatever the heck those things are, right? I challenge you, the next movie you watch, watch the credits. Take some time. You, you, you just either paid good money or paid good time to get completely caught up in somebody else's story so that you could see where yours was. Do you realize how many people worked hard to provide you that experience? You know, Hebrews 12.1 says... That because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we can throw off every sin that hinders. Because I'm, I'm not here doing it on my own. And, and what if every once in a while you just started to run the credits in your life? Who got you here? Who worked with you? Who believed in you? Who held your microphone? Who held up your arms? Who helped you to hit the right spot at the right scene at the right time so that your name could be up in lights for a moment? You know something I like to do from time to time? I just stand in front of a mirror and actually close your eyes. Watch this. This is what I do. 
I do this with my eyes open, but close your eyes. Picture yourself standing in front of a mirror. Now picture like, like ghosted figures behind you, just like in a movie, because this is your story. Picture the people that have been heroic to you. Picture them starting to come off your right and your left shoulder. Picture who you are because they invested in you. I do that from time to time. You can go ahead and look back up at me. Anybody see somebody in the mirror with them? You know, it was, it was incredible. I, I'd done that a few times, and I, and I had that thought. Whenever you guys are ready with the keys, you're good to go. Thank you. Makes me sound more spiritual and cool. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I realized that somebody might have me standing behind him in a mirror. As a football coach for a long time, I've been a dad for a little bit. You know, there's a real cost. It's a real risk to me not realizing that my life has a soundtrack. There's a real cost. There's a real risk to me not having the ability and musculature to reframe my conflict, my failures, my cutting room floor. It's, you know, Paul, Paul's talking to one of the churches and he said, look, I've, I've been feeding you on milk, meaning I've, I've been the one who's had to process the food for you. I've been the one who's had to go down to the bottom of the hill, pick up the stupid cow, bring it back up, milk the thing, and then feed you. You ain't getting a mansion for that. So it's time that you move to meat. It's time that you move to slaughtering it yourself, cutting it yourself, bringing something to the table yourself, chewing your own food, digesting your own food. It's a time for y'all to grow up spiritually. The beauty of being a kid is you get to come with childlike faith. Jesus is, is way into that. He loves that. We, we have to have this childlike nature to us. But we have to be very careful of the line of being childish. What I mean by that is when I learn to process my own meat, I always bring something that someone else can sustain off of. This is the beauty of the church. This is the beauty of the kingdom. It's incredible to have that supporting cast and crew on your behalf. It's also amazing to be a part of that supporting cast and crew. If you volunteer in this church, could you stand up? Could you stand up if you volunteer in this church? This is not to call anybody out. This is, can we give a hand to these people, please? These are people who are starting to learn that Jesus has a soundtrack in their life. These, these are people who they're beginning to understand that they can reframe their cutting room floor, their failures. Y'all can take a seat. There's a beautiful scene in Scripture where there's an army about to come against a group of people, and a prophet says up says, don't you worry about that. There are more for us than are against us. Jesus started with 12 guys who ended up running away or doing the wrong thing. There's about 2 billion of us strong at this point in time. Don't ever think you're alone. Don't ever think that God has vacated an area of a city or a genre or a life. He doesn't know how. He made the whole story. 
he has his own soundtrack. It's called worship and praise. He reframed the grave. He left the cutting room floor to pull out the few men who would go on to build his church. These minutes, they'll echo for eternity, Mary. This moment here where you dump this, I can use that over and over and over and over. This is going to be somebody's favorite story. This is going to be the movie that they click on in the dead of night when no one's watching, when no one sees. And I want you to be a part of my crew. Because I'm going to keep telling this story till everybody hears it. I'm going to keep playing it back and playing it back till you see all the subtle nuance, till you see all the revelation. That, that's for somebody in this room. For somebody else, you just got to join the team. You just got to get into serving. For some of you, when you pictured those people that were heroic to you, maybe they weren't many. For some of you, when you pictured the people that were heroic to you, there wasn't a God factor in the background. See, one of the most incredible prayers I've learned to pray is this. I say, Jesus, I hear him in my head right now. He says, yeah, bud. I say, you still there? He says, yeah, bud. Somebody in this place says, Jesus, and you're not sure if he'll answer. Some of you are dealing with such a silence in that soundtrack. Some of you are dealing with so much angst, so much failure, so much conflict that you don't need to be on somebody's crew. You need somebody to be on yours. And I'm telling you that you are one prayer away from the God of the universe, the story maker himself, re-engaging with you and coming into your story once again. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't give that opportunity today. So across this room, could every head bow and every eye close? And if you identify with that last person I was talking about, maybe, maybe you even walked with Jesus at one point in time. But you know that, that he's, he's not in the cutting room with you anymore. Maybe you've never started to hear his soundtrack, but you, you really feel something come alive in you today. I just want to be able to pray with you. We as a church, your supporting cast and crew, are going to pray with you. We're going to fight for you. We're going to be a part of your story. So just give us the honor of praying with you today. When I count to three, I just want you to lift your hand if I'm including you in that prayer. Whether you're here for the first time or the hundredth, doesn't matter. If that's you, all I want you to do is slip your hand in the air. One, two, three. Lift up those hands. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them high just because the lights are up a little bit so I can see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Thank you up the back. Who else? Who else is there? Just going to give it a couple more seconds. Maybe that's you. Thank you. I see your hand up on the back there. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else you need? You, you, need a, you need a new composer going in your life. You need someone to come in and help you realize what's wrong and what's right. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand in the middle. Tell you what, I, I really want to pray, just like Vince said, I, I, I really have a burning desire in my life to partner with people as they partner with God. 
And I would love to get the honor of the ability to pray with you. So if you could, if you could boldly, just like you're the hero of your own story, we're all going to stand to our feet. We're all going to clap and cheer. But if you could come down here now so that I could pray for each and every one of you, I'd love to get up and pray with, with, uh, with each of you. But, but it'd be so much easier if we could just come down here. So would you do that? Would everyone stand, clap to your feet? Would you folks come on down here? Would you come down here now so we can pray together? Come down. If you raise your hand, come down. Come down. The team's right here. Very good. Thank you, guys. Come on down. Who else? Come on. I know there was hands back there. Come on down. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. This is your story. Hi. Jim, thank you. Guys, there's a lot. Yeah, come on down. Keep coming. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Proud of you, boys. Proud of you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, keep clapping. There's somebody else that needs to come down. You need to not stay where you are. You need to change the channel on that soundtrack. Come on down. Who else is there? I know, I know your heart's pounding out of your chest. Okay. Church, if we could all pray this prayer together. You guys who came down, so proud of you. Some of the best people in this church are standing behind you. Everybody close your eyes, repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for being my new song. Thank you for reframing my failures. And thank you for being my director. I give my life to you. I renounce my sin. I say that heaven is my home and God is my father. And I will serve him the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and clap. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to shift the story from hell into heaven, from darkness into light. You guys all are that in a community. So proud of you. So proud of you. So do we have a response allowance? Great. I'm going to turn it down to Pastor Vince so he can close out the service. Thank you all so much. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.